Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Colorado Avalanche are now 39-30 and 30 after going 2-1 and one last week, currently in 8th place out west with 83 points. The Avs got wins last week in Buffalo, New York. Chalked up a loss in New Jersey to the Devils. He can never beat Satan. Four games next week, Tuesday, March 20th versus Calgary, Thursday, March 22nd at Phoenix, Saturday, March 24th versus Vancouver, and Monday, March 26th at San Jose. Your Denver Nuggets are now 25-21 and 21 after going 2-2 two and two last week, currently sitting 7th place out west. Nuggets got wins against Atlanta and Boston, racked up losses to Oklahoma City and Dallas last week. Sorry about that. It's all right, man. Nuggets have four games this week. Wednesday, March 21st versus Detroit, and then they hit the road for seven games starting Friday, March 23rd at Utah, Sunday, March 25th at Minnesota, and Monday, March 26th at Chicago. Oh, yeah. And your Denver Broncos? Well, they signed Peyton Manning to a five-year, $96 million deal. That is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Ross Martin, let's start the show. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys Podcast, episode number 33. Woo! We are recording from beautiful, beautiful Denver, Colorado, as any Colorado Sports Guys podcast should. And as always, from DenverStiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. As always or as always? What'd you say? As always or as always? We'll go with as always? Yeah, as always. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? As always. What, you'll, you'll hear it on the replay. <laughs> Everybody out there uh, in internet land, hope you're doing well on this wonderful Tuesday evening. Hope the glow of this Peyton Manning news is still uh, affecting your daily lives. I know it is mine. The Ross, Peyton Manning era has begun. How are you doing over there, man? I could not be better. Manning manias, I've been seeing some people say. Manning mania, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Very excited to have uh, number 18 in town. Number 18. With the blessing, as you said, of uh, from Frank Trapuca. I did. I, I predicted that last week, didn't I? You did. I said that'll happen. He'd come I, out from uh, wherever he was hiding. <laughs> yeah. Hiding. <laughs> Hopefully not a hospice <laughs> or a nursing home. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea where Frank Trapuca is. Probably on a golf course. But I did enjoy the, uh, <laughs> the uh, press uh, conference today. Where uh, Peyton Manning's like, I spoke to Frank Trapuca. It was a humbling experience. <laughs> He's a first, first quarterbacker in Broncos history. <laughs> oh, I don't care how, what he said or how he said it. I, that was a dream come true to me. Listening to that made it so real. Even though I've, I've been pretty sure that was going to happen. 
for the past couple of weeks. I can say one of my most embarrassing uh, predictions ever as a, a somewhat of a sports fanatic, sports expert, whatever you want to say. Uh, when Peyton Manning came out of Tennessee, I didn't ever weigh in on the who's going to be better, Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf. I just always thought that Peyton was going to be a bust in the NFL. I was like, <laughs> this guy's tall, skinny. He's going to get rocked. He's never going to be anything in the NFL. Lo and behold, he never misses a game up until last season. <laughs> You're a strong man to admit that you said that because that's uh, never come up before. But to admit that you had that take. But granted, you were a young lad then. Yeah, in 98, I was uh, still in high school. Yeah, so you know what, Nate? I, I respect you for saying that. And, uh, and <laughs> Thanks, uh, man. Uh, so, uh, but that doesn't mean anything now, as uh, all the great orders do. They say one thing one day and the next thing the next, right? Yeah, you know, I've grown up a lot since then. I've gotten, gotten older. Got older uh, yesterday, in fact. Absolutely. Happy birthday, sir. Thanks, man. So you have mentioned a time or two in the past that – the Nuggets are 0-9 in the past 20 years or something like that or in their history on your birthday? 0-8, I believe. Now 0-9. Now 0-9. Wow, they got their asses handed to them last <laughs> night. It was bad. The last night was uh, one of the first times I left the game about midway through the fourth quarter oh. because I, I wanted my sleep versus the chance of maybe seeing JaVale McGee get into the game. Oof. So, Oof. Speaking of which. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about Peyton Manning, right? I mean, yeah, of course. But we Duh. do have to. We have to. We do have to bring up the Nuggets real quick. I'm not one to call out anything or rub it in your face. <laughs> but last week, you said you didn't think the Nuggets would make a trade, and you didn't think they would sign Wilson Chandler. Not <laughs> only did they sign Wilson Chandler and make a trade, they traded away Baby Nene. And the only reason why I'm surprised about them trading away Baby Nene is because somebody actually accepted the trade. Yeah. Good riddance. You know, that's a little bit of something that I, I call the reverse jinx, the reverse psychology, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I was I was I was hoping I didn't know about the trade. I really didn't. I was I was we'd heard you know, through the grapevine from some of our connections with the agent world that maybe the Nuggets were shopping Nene um, through, I mean, Jeff Morton hears some stuff every once in a while uh, that maybe the Nuggets were shopping Nene, but, you know, that a deal for him was maybe unlikely because of the amount of money involved plus the fact that he seemed like a key player for the team at times when he was on the floor, but that was the big thing of when he's on the floor, which he never was. Uh, and then the other deal with signing Wilson Chandler, I was hoping that they would do that because I thought when they made that trade with the Knicks for Carmelo that Wilson was the best player they got back. And last night uh, he played, I don't know, 20-some minutes, had 13 points, You know, was hitting three-pointers, jumpers, taking the ball to the rim. He's a great defender. He still looks like possibly the best player we got in that deal with Gallinari being so inconsistent. And then hurt again. Yeah, uh, fractured his left thumb. Um, may not be as bad as the team originally thought, is what uh, Jeff Morton was telling me via text message. It's time for the Nuggets but. to learn something, and that is when you have a guy who you think's great, but he just can't. Just get him out of here. Just get him gone. Come on. You saying trade to Neil Gallagher? Get him out of here. <laughs> He's ridiculous. He had, He's a he, euro. He missed a lot of his rookie season with a bad back. He's now had a, a hurt ankle. He's got a broken finger off kind of a freak play. But it's all that goat milk they drank back in the old country. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll come. He'll come back all Get right. Get some cow's like, milk in you, Danilo. 
I like Gallo, but I'm not uh, not afraid to say that I'm excited to see Wilson Chandler hopefully start into that starting uh, or slide into that starting spot and uh, the Nuggets not miss a beat, maybe even play a little bit better. All right. Well, listen, I, I think there's plenty to talk about re- with regards to the Nuggets, and it's so interesting to think about how the Nuggets made that trade with Nene, and literally it was just completely under the radar. Because of what else was going on. Yeah. And I don't think it takes any, you know, it's no mystery on what that was. Well, I can tell you one thing that's funny is I was at the Nuggets practice the day before the trade deadline. And I actually, I talked with Masai Ujiri for a few minutes. You know, we were just kind of talking and I didn't really get the, I I got the sense from him that he was busy because I asked him, you know, I was like, so have you been has your phone been blowing up? Have you been making a lot of calls, taking a lot of calls? And he's like, Oh, it's, it's been crazy. You know? And, you know, I was like, do, do people call it? And I, I didn't want him to have to speak in specific terms, but I was like, are people calling about a certain player or are you getting calls about everybody? And he was basically like, yeah, people want everybody off of our team, you know? So whatever, there's a lot of good assets on the nuggets team, man, but he's, he's so good at, Keeping everything close to the vest and not letting – nothing leaks. (laughs) Nothing has leaked about the Nuggets with trade rumors at all, really, since he's been here. And before that, it was kind of a mess when we had the three GMs and nobody knew what was going on. But under Masai Ujiri's reign, man, he's done a hell of a job of keeping things under wraps. Yeah, not so great at putting a good team on the floor, but – Hey. What? Give him time. What? How much time Everybody's 23 and 24 years old. Yeah, how old is George Carl, Nate Timmons? How old is George Carl? Probably in his 60s, I think. I don't know. Sorry, George, if you're not. He might be in his late 50s. (laughs) No disrespect. Love them all. But anyway, what's up with you, man? You went to the game last night? I did. The The uh, birthday game. The birthday game. um, You left in the middle of the fourth quarter. I did. How'd you feel when you left? I mean, I know you had a lot of excitement. You had a lot of – is that day cursed? In Nuggets lore, is it because of you? Well, I got the uh, I got the the tickets were purchased for me by my girlfriend on Christmas. I got them as a Christmas present that doubled as a birthday present. So I figured, whoa, with, <laughs> That's I figured kind with of double uh, dipping, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, there was other other gifts involved, but that was one of the many. I should do that with my wife. I'd be like, your birthday. This, this is, is your uh, birthday uh, <laughs> engagement or. Uh, uh, anniversary, Christmas, and then your next birthday is present too. Like this only is supposed to happen when my birthday is on like December twenty third or twenty seventh. <laughs> no, but we went to the game, and you know, I, I felt I thought since maybe I had the mojo of Christmas, the mojo of somebody giving me this as a birthday present as well, and it being my birthday, I thought maybe this was the year because, like you said, since nineteen eighty four in my lifespan, they they started playing in eighty four. They played nine games now, and they're now zero and nine. So I call it the curse of March 19th. Yeah. It sucks, man. It's not good. Did All you know right. that uh, March 19th as well, uh, Michael Jordan made his comeback wearing number 45? Did he really? The Broncos signed Peyton Manning on March 19th as well. 20th. Well, yeah, but I mean, yesterday it was announced. Right? Oh, okay. Come on. Yeah. Give me okay. some credit. Okay, good point. They and announced then, uh, it on the 19th. And Andre Miller as well, uh, March 19th birthday, and he dislocated his shoulder last night in the game. Not good. He's another Unfortunately, Iron Man, it's just like, like his 48th birthday. <laughs> yeah. I think it was his 36th. So, Oh, well, Peyton Manning turns 36 here in a week. Yeah. But that's about, you know, that's what's going on with me. Turn the big uh, 3-0. feel old now. Got more gray hairs than ever. Yep. So. Yeah. I noticed that. You're wearing a hat today, so. Yeah. Don't worry. Didn't want to show hey, those hey, off. Just, it's all good. Just own it. 
and I was I was sick as no, well. Uh, no, just for men. No, just for men. Okay, never start highlighting your hair. No, I wouldn't do that. The Take salt it. and pepper makes you look smart. I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Whatever. Makes you look smarter than whatever you are. My cousin. If three you're years dumb to begin with, it makes you look dumber. Do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, like he's senile. Like that's just a senile <laughs> old man flapping his gums. He doesn't. That's probably what I'm going for. I'm going for the senile old gum flapper. Did you hear that the Broncos signed Peyton Manning? I didn't. That's awesome. Did they really? When was that? Yesterday? And he inked it today. It happened today, I believe. Man, we should talk about it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just, I am so overwhelmed with joy. And happiness. It was weird because during the last couple of weeks as this process was going on, I had already resigned myself to the fact that he was coming to Denver and that he was going to be signed. So that anything other than that news would have not caused any elation. It would have just caused despair, depression. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that he was coming. And then today or yesterday when it happened, when they announced it, when the news came through... I was just like, yep, of course. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. And then today, as I'm sitting there listening to the press conference, I got goosebumps, just goosebumps all over as I heard John Elway say the next quarterback of the Denver Broncos is Peyton Manning. And then Peyton Manning comes up there and he, you know, gives his little, uh, he gives his, Address, he addresses the room and answers questions. And I, I just I'm thinking more and more how perfect this is. How First of all, I'd like perfect. to thank Mr. B or D. Colin Bowen. Mr. Bowen. And, and I, I keep thinking, and I'm, I'm, I feel like it's so surreal for so many Bronco fans that we don't realize how this type of a situation never happens. And I'm not talking about how I talked about last week about how Broncos or Denver teams or Colorado teams don't get a guy like this. I'm saying this doesn't happen ever. No team has ever signed a free agent like this ever. Yeah. I think sports center today did like their top 10 free agent signings. I mean, there's some big ones here and there, but not like, I don't know. Not like not, a, nothing anywhere close to it. Shaq moving from the nothing, magic to not the even close. Not even close. Okay. No. Barry Bonds going from the Pirates nope. to the Giants. Nope. Nope. Reggie Don't Jackson. Don't give me A-Rod coming from Texas or wherever he came. Don't give me that. It's nothing anywhere close. Reggie White from the Eagles nope. to the Packers. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Not even close. Um, this does not happen. Willis McGahee from the Ravens <laughs> to the Broncos. Well, Parrish that was Cox another from the Broncos one. to the 49ers. Well, okay, yeah. No, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. But seriously, this doesn't happen. I mean, literally, this type of move does not happen. And yeah. and the fact that the Broncos did it and the fact that Elway did this means so much to me and I'm sure all the Bronco fans who really and truly root for this team to win. Not a player, but root for this team. And I've noticed something very interesting about how these people that rooted for Tebow, just like I did, and, and I thought I was just another Bronco fan rooting for my quarterback, but it turns out that I wasn't. I was just a guy rooting for my team's quarterback, the same way I had rooted for Orton the year before, the same time, same reason why I had rooted for Bubby Brister, rooted for Bubby Brister in 99 or whenever that was. But no, that's not the way it goes. There's so many 
weird bitterness from people that were not maybe Bronco fans. They were Tebow fans. And I, I find that so confusing because, I, I mean, I've, I've seen people, I, I mean, everybody always knows Tebow's such a good guy and he uh, is a hard worker. And nobody ever disputed that. But those were the same reasons, and, and also humble, right? And those were the same reasons why a lot of Tebow fans have said why they love him. Yet as soon as Tebow is, is uh, picked second to a guy like Peyton Manning, which is what happened, they turn in and they show their true colors. And people try to vilify Peyton Manning. They, like... they try to vilify Elway for sure. They're like, <laughs> yeah. like, what are you even talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is the worst decision the Broncos ever could have made, right? Like some of that bullcrap. I think it was even Bill Romanowski sent out a tweet that was like, all right, there's two things to it. I kind of want to talk about this in three different three different stages. We'll continue with this, but I want to okay. well, get into more of what what we think of Peyton Manning as the player currently. I want to get a little bit uh, touch on the money involved and as well as upcoming personnel moves the Broncos may or may not make. Okay. But as far as this Tebow thing, it was funny. Yesterday you saw Shannon Sharp, Ed McCaffrey, and Terrell Davis sending out tweets praising the Broncos for this. I think Shannon Sharp saying that uh, you know the three of those guys should make a comeback. Ed McCaffrey saying he's in, he'll come play, you know, whatever, joking around. And then you see Bill Romanowski. Oh, wait, that was a joke? Probably. Oh, damn. <laughs> and then you see Bill Romanowski tweet out something where he's like, you know, bad move by the Broncos. Like, Tim Tebow's still the better long-term, you know, prospect. It's like, long-term? Who cares if they might have a shot to have a decent quarterback three or four years from now? They have a shot this season to win a freaking Super Bowl, stupid. Like, that's what the whole thing's about. Is that – but honestly, I mean, there's no way even Bill Romanowski is, is muscle – as 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 much of his skull is filled with muscle and Steroid creatine juice. steroids <laughs> as it is not filled with brains, you have to think even he knows this is a great move for the yeah. Broncos. This is a this is a move uh, that you know the Colorado Avalanche would have made in their heyday, right? Absolutely, not, not sparing a single expense, getting Patrick Waugh. the best guy in town, trading away whoever they needed to to make that deal. Chris Jury, Valerie Kaminsky, you name the player. They were willing to trade him to bring him in. Yeah, to bring in Patrick Watt or bring in, you know, whoever. I mean, that was just the shrewdness of that organization. And John Elway has shown that he's going to be just as prudent moving forward. That is, and that's the one number one factor here is that, and I especially loved this conversation as it came down, uh, start on Friday, and then it kind of died down over the weekend. And then, and then they were talking about now the Niners are in this, right? And I yeah, said it the last Niners week. Came in late. I said it last week. I said it's all a courtesy. And I thought, and then all of a sudden the Niners are in it. And then everybody's like, oh, there we go. Uh, they're, you know, Peyton Manning's definitely going to go to the Niners. This is his best chance to win a Super Bowl, which I completely disagree with. Because they have a good defense. Because they, yeah. And a garbage offense. Yeah. They, there's, it doesn't even compare. The Broncos were the number one choice as far as best chances to win a Super Bowl, uh, period. But then I'm thinking about Elway. And how I, I think, uh, you know, I'd mentioned this last week that he is an accomplished businessman, accomplished salesman, and he knows what to do. He goes, and I said, you know what? He brought him in first, yeah. and he's going to want to bring him in last. He's going to be <laughs> the first guy and the last guy to talk to him, which is exactly what he did. Took that he plane brought out him to Raleigh. In there, and then he flew out there, and then he closed the deal. And he probably already had it basically closed up, but he knows 
what he needs to do to close a deal. And guys like Bud Adams, who just think they can throw their money around and need no salesmanship at all. And then you guys got guys like uh, whoever's in charge of Miami, who proven to be completely inept at closing anything. <laughs> yeah. And then I loved how Elway, during his speech today even, or during his press conference, said, we didn't even – Heart, give him a hard yeah, sell or whatever. Yeah. That's what and I was going to ask like, you about. <laughs> and it's like, of course you didn't because a hard sell turns people off. Well, you're a professional. You know how to do it. Yeah. But I guarantee you, whatever version that he gave Peyton Manning was the strongest sell he could give, and it worked. And I didn't have any doubt from it starting uh, 10, 11 days ago. You think you just slid him a business card that said, hey, Peyton, my name's John Elway. He <laughs> just got up and walked out of the room? I think he, I think he, I think he said – I think you just is like, you don't think you can win three more games at Tebow? Come on. Look at our team. Best offensive line. Best defense. Best coaching staff. Best whatever. I mean. We got the salary cap room to make improvements yes. where we lacked last season. Which is huge. They could pay him the money. Yeah, we can pay you. We can pay wide receivers to come in here. We can find cornerbacks. I'd love to have Peyton, too, mentioned, you know, that uh, Champ Bailey was blowing up his cell phone. And, Isn't that funny? And somebody else was like, "That's yeah, that's great. And you know those, I mean, those true football heads, those true players, I don't know, I just love those guys. And Peyton Manning, along with Champ Bailey and, you know, Brian Dawkins, I mean, those are just the dudes you'd love to see play the game that just, they play, you know, it's cliche, but every game, every play, like, it's their last. And, yep. It's awesome, and I'm so glad he's here. And even, like you said, about getting goosebumps during the press conference, I, I didn't go that far, but it was definitely like I was kind of watching it for a second, and then you know I was kind of writing stuff for the show, and then I was kind of like listening to him, and then clicked back onto YouTube to watch him again, and I was like, holy crap, it's Peyton Manning. Yeah, and I, you That's know what? Broncos I, logo I said to my background. buddy, I was text messaging with my buddy before this, you know, right before the press conference, I said, do you think you'll shed more tears of joy during this press conference than joys of sadness that you shed during Elway's retirement, <laughs> and uh, and he was like, "There's no, there's no choice. I, I have never even watched Elway's retirement press conference since. It's just, it's just too heart wrenching, and it's true. But I was so happy to hear that today. So you wanted to talk about this in terms of Peyton Manning skills today? Yeah, do you want to money uh... involved? And then, uh... and by the way, we do have a top five list. Yes. Top five things to do with Tebow now. Top five <laughs> things to do funny. now with Tim Tebow. <laughs> this is funny. And uh, so we're going to do that later. But so, so yeah, so uh, Peyton Manning today, his skills. What do you got? Uh, you want to talk about this? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you want to do a little, little quick break? We'll come back. We'll break down who Peyton Manning, the player, still is, the money involved in this deal, as well as the personnel decisions facing the Broncos and where Peyton plays that role. Right back. We got an email this week, and it kind of applies, um, ironically, to what you want to talk about here. You want me to read it, eat the questions that this uh, naysayer has? Yeah, let's do it. So this is from Brian in Denver, and uh, it's funny. He starts out his email saying, answer one question, and then he follows up with three or four questions. That's all I love to do that. <laughs> I'm a rambler myself. Um, and uh, I'll just read his email, and then uh, you can start responding. Uh, answer one question. If Manning wasn't worth $60 million for three years to his team of all these years, why is he worth $100 million 
dollars for five years to the Broncos. And then he goes, okay, one more question, which actually was two, I think. The last year Manning was with the Colts. He was nine and seven. Why is he going to be any better with the Broncos? A team he has no experience with and will have to be totally changed to fit Manning's style of play. So uh, he says, please explain. I'm looking up the Colts record because I think they were better than nine and seven in 2010. They thought they won 11 games. Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think it really matters whether it was nine and seven or ten and six or eleven and five. The difference is not what he did last when he was a starter. It was what happened the year he left, and they were pretty much the same team. And so the fact that they went two and fourteen later the next year doesn't say that. T, or Peyton Manning's season before that was bad, saying that the team that he took to whatever that record was. Well, they went, okay, so they went, Tony Dungy's last season, they go 12-4. and four. 2009, they go 14-2 and two in Jim Caldwell's first season as the new head coach. Caldwell's second season as coach, 2010, Colts go 10-6. and six. So you have kind of that, that rub of Tony Dungy's imprint being off the team now that it's his second year for Jim Caldwell. I mean, we saw Josh McDaniels have a little bit of success with Shanahan's, you know, maybe players and philosophies while still in town. And then we see from 10 and 6, Peyton goes out, they go 2 and 14. So it was 10 and 6. Yeah, it was 10 Brian, and 6. Golden, get your facts straight, sir. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you see it right there. I mean, is Peyton Manning worth eight wins? Easily. And that's the thing. He absolutely is. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's 36 years old. I've been hearing so much talk about, you know, the ESPN's bringing in doctors saying with this kind of operation and this kind of hardware in your body, it's going to limit your mobility here and there. And Peyton Manning's never been a mobile quarterback. He's always been a, a pocket passer that moves pretty well, needs protection, and can get off any kind of a throw that he needs to, right? Yeah, I mean, the the – if there's any question mark about his ability to play the game at his level, you know, previously, th- that's one of those things that that's, that's where the risk lies. That's what makes it a risky pick. Uh, as opposed, uh, you know, saying that he had a certain record the last time he played and saying, how could we expect him to have a better record now? That's not where the risk lies. No, no, but no quarterback as great as they are has ever won anything without, some sort of a supporting cast around him. So I, I, I have, I, you know, that's a pretty common argument people say is, you know, he's washed up or he's injured, and, and the, I don't buy it. Yeah, and the Broncos didn't go into this thing blind. I mean, they did work Peyton out in Raleigh. They have seen him. Elway's not going to sign some guy. He's a quarterback. You know, Elway's a, hello, he's a quarterback. He's going to know what to look for in another guy, and he's going to know what questions to ask and what to hear to know if this guy still has it mentally as well as physically. So there is some risk involved, but I don't think the Broncos, they certainly would have would not have invested the money they did had they not felt comfortable doing so. And that's a good point, the money. That's another thing that people that are saying that this was not a good move for the Broncos, they're bringing up the money situation. And a lot of those people were bringing up the money even before we found out today what the actual terms of this contract were. And it turns out that it's a pretty safe bet. Um, there's a lot of incentives, like a lot of medical incentives. He has to pass physicals. Yep. There's incentives about his neck in there, games played, I'm sure. Only $18 million guaranteed, I believe. For this next season. For this next season. And after that, he it'll bump up. But there's, uh, yeah, exactly, off-season physicals. If uh, an injury to his neck 
happens related to his old injury. The Broncos have an out there. So it's, it's yeah. And this isn't the NBA. This isn't a five-year guaranteed ninety-six million. This is the NFL. This is the most cutthroat, unfriendly player organization in America. I mean, these guys cut the best of them for any given reason, and they don't know them anything. We just saw the Colts cast Peyton Manning off for basically free. You know, I mean, and, you can cut guys any time. This isn't the money's not going to. If if Peyton Manning doesn't perform, the Broncos aren't going to be on the hook for any kind of money. Absolutely. You know, this season, eighteen million guaranteed. It's worth a gamble. Who <laughs> cares? Well, I'm not. I'm not paying eighteen million for him. I'm just watching the guy play. It's fans. Who cares? It's really crazy to think that the Colts could not have figured out a way to keep Peyton Manning. That's what really blows my mind. Because what what Peyton Manning signed with the Broncos is certainly um, was certainly doable. Well, he was, Colts. yeah, but I mean, Peyton was in kind of a, a lame duck situation there. You know, maybe they only wanted him for a year because like Peyton said, he, he found it was important to play right away as a rookie. And I think he thought that was best for Andrew Luck and it was best for him to go somewhere where he didn't have to look over his shoulder, where he didn't have to mentor somebody younger. He could just focus on trying to win a Super Bowl. I think he chose not to go with the Colts. I, I'm guessing the Colts tried everything they could to bring him back. But I'm guessing that Peyton Manning realized that that team was not good enough for him to win another Super Bowl or two or three. And maybe being and away that's from the what team. Happened. Yeah, perhaps being away from the team and watching them, he said, wow, these, I'm really having to carry this team. Like, yep. Look how bad they are without me. Yep. And then they lose some talent, you know, with Marvin Harrison's obviously long gone. Reggie Wayne's future was up in the air. Pierre Garçon's as well. He sees, yeah, that talent. I mean, Reggie Wayne did resign there, but Pierre Garçon gone. Uh, Dallas Clark gone, the offensive line, question marks, the defense, huge it was just, question uh, marks. It was a shadow of the team that it was back when Peyton uh, went to his last Super Bowl. And I think that's another thing is that Denver keeps – and it's almost like because of Tebow that people are not really recognizing how good this Broncos team was last season. This Broncos team was very good. And a lot of people say Tebow led this team to the – uh, whatever success they had, from a one and four team to an eight and eight team to a uh, the divisional uh, champion to winning a uh, playoff winning game. a playoff game, but in all honesty, you know, as I look back on it now, that was a coaching victory because they recognized the fact that Orton wasn't the guy. They brought Tebow up. I thought back at the time, and I remember all these people saying, "Oh, they just want to sabotage the season so they can get Andrew Luck," which you know, didn't happen. And, <laughs> and maybe, maybe they did think that, which I don't believe that. I don't believe that LA or Fox or anybody on the Broncos organization doesn't want this team to win. And they were able to show that this team is so good. And they they have a great defense, great uh, running game, great special teams and a great coaching staff to be able to uh, do that. And what they did is they just said, Hey, you know what? We're going to get rid of Orton and it's addition by subtraction. And we're going to limit what Tebow's mistakes can be. We're not going to allow him to make a devastating mistake. We're not going to allow him to throw the ball 20 or 30 times a game. We're just going to have him hand off, and it turned out that that worked. And it took a lot of other teams by surprise, and that's what happened. But that's a, that's something that can't be – eventually people figure that out. We also saw with the Broncos, you know, I mean, just one thing is Peyton Manning's never played with a running game that the Broncos are going to have next season. He's never had a, a run game in Indianapolis ever. But with the Broncos as well, I mean, <clears throat> when they first started with Orton, they started out one and four. The offensive line was basically brand new to playing with each other. They had a rookie right tackle in Orlando Franklin, um, young guard, young center, uh, 
Ryan Clady, I believe, coming off some type of injury from the season before. I mean, these guys needed a time, I know from playing a little awful high school offensive line, that you definitely <laughs> need time to gel and you need time to learn about your teammates, any, any sport really, but especially on the offensive line, you have to almost be able to communicate without even talking just by knowing. So you saw that Broncos offensive line come together. You saw Von Miller you know, start to make a difference as he figured out the NFL you know, pass rush game. Dumerville coming back from a long injury. It took him a few games to get going. The defense needed time to gel. And once things started rolling and once Tebow got in there and, you know, maybe inspired him a little bit from a leader standpoint, I mean, you could you could definitely tell that he energized the people around him and Kyle Orton wasn't that type of guy. So I give a lot of credit to Tebow for energizing that team, but I also give that team a lot of credit for coming together at the right time and really showing that they were better than everybody thought they were. And they're going to be better in the future as well with Peyton Manning at the helm. Like those guys are going to play their asses off for him. Have you noticed like a lot of infighting amongst Bronco fans over the past few days, a couple of days? Yeah. There was always a uh, anti Tebow and uh, pro Tebow contingency, right? I always got confused about this whole like. Uh, the Tebow maniacs are coming out of the closet, you know, and I was always like, who are they talking about? Like every Bronco fan I talk to is pretty rational about everything. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess if you get into the, the internet world of Broncos fans, you see a lot of ugliness. It was weird because the Broncos last season, and uh, it's funny because we always uh, talk about how the Broncos don't get any attention nationally. Um, they get snubbed and Hall of Fame voting and all this stuff. But then last season, all the attention was on the Broncos. And a lot of that was driven by this anti-Tebow sentiment and the, or this pro-Tebow sentiment. So we ended up getting a situation where there were a lot of teams or people that never really cared about the Broncos. Um, but now they either loved Tebow, so they were rooting for the Broncos, or they hated Tebow, so they were rooting against the Broncos. And But now that I've seen that this... Uh, Tebow's situation has come to this new resolution, as in Tebow's no longer the guy here. Now all the Tebow fans, like the rabid Tebow fans, are turning into this crazy, uh, just almost uh, like they are showing their true colors, as in they are just bitter now. And what's also funny is that the people that were maybe against Tebow now are do have this I told you so attitude. And I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how you can sit there and say, just because you never were a Tebow fan and uh, I supported him, that you're going to sit here and say, I told you so. What were you saying three months ago, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I was supporting my quarterback. That's my team. That's my, my Broncos. I supported Plummer. I supported Jay Cutler. I supported uh, Bob, Bobby Brister, Brian Greasy. I supported all of them. You know, so I don't understand where this comes from. Like, why, why people have to be like, I told you so. And it's like, you don't realize the uniqueness of the situation. Are you saying that you predicted the fact that Peyton Manning was going to be available and the Broncos were going to get him? And then just so you could say, I told you so about Tebow. It's like, I don't buy that. And, and it really irritates me and it frustrates me quite a bit. Yeah, and it's, it, we saw a ton of it. Um, just from my experience with the Nuggets, with the Carmelo Anthony thing, you know, when he got traded from the Nuggets to New York. But the whole thing leading up to that, we saw so many Carmelo fans that started following the Nuggets because of Carmelo, you know, bad-mouthing the organization or bad-mouthing people that were against Carmelo or saying negative things about him. And then once he got traded, we saw a lot of people from my uh, from our website 
just disappear that were just Carmelo fans and you know they they left and once Tebow gets traded there's going to be people that were just Tebow fans that are just going to leave and you're just not going to hear from them anymore which is why I I've never found I've never found myself to be a fan of a certain player with the only exception maybe being Elway if Elway had gone to another team uh, and fortunately, I never had to make this choice. Yeah. But if Elway went to another team, it would have been very, very hard for me not to root for that team. Oh, I would have it, easily. It happened a little bit with Shannon Sharp, right? When he went to Baltimore. Yeah, it was tough. Um, for you know, for a quick, <laughs> brief flash of a second, I was thinking. My I guess I'll root fan? for success. <laughs> yeah. But then instantly, I'm like, absolutely not. And then he ended up coming back and retiring from the Broncos. But, no, I mean, the important thing about sports is not the player. It is never the individual. It is always the team. Tebow just – he really showed you that he brings in the casual fan. He brings in the – I was at my bank. I opened up a new checking account the other day, and my, my personal banker was, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Broncos fan. But, man, I love Tim Tebow, and I've just started following them because of him. I hope he doesn't leave town, you know, and it's – that's kind of the whole thing is there's so many people that like what Tim Tebow does off the field and so many people that liked him from college that are just Broncos fans because they just like him as a person so much. It's not even about football. It's just about him and people wanting him to have a chance and him to succeed because he's such a great guy. And it's like you got to understand that this is the most cutthroat league, the most cutthroat sport out there, and you're not you're not going to have a lot of good guy feel good stories. You're going to have people making smart business decisions to win football games. Yeah, but then my question to a guy like that is, how is Peyton Manning not on par with Tebow? That's when the it funny comes thing, to being right? A good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing where people are starting to be like, why are we bringing in Peyton Manning? It's like, do you realize all the great stuff this guy's done for the for the you know. State of Indiana for Indian, you know. There's a freaking hospital named after him. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't just visit hospitals. He built a hospital. His United Way efforts, like everything this guy does. I mean, he is the ultimate quarterback, the ultimate person, the ultimate, from what you know, family man. Like he's, you know, a great relationship with his dad, his brothers. I mean, what you can't ask. This is what you'd hope Tebow turns into at some point. Is Peyton Manning. Exactly. So. And that's the thing. And that's what I don't understand is why do people fanatically love Tim Tebow? And I think I understand why. And it's, and you know what? I asked that question kind of rhetorically, but it's obviously because of the su- success he had at Florida, but also because he has become this uh, spokesman for the Christian faith in outward uh, proselytizer, I guess you would say, and whatever. If he feels like that's his calling, that's great. I, I, I would never say that that he shouldn't do that. But to be honest, he he's part of a, a family, and they're part of a group. Whether it's focus on the family or whatever it is, and they they support a political ideology, and that's why people. It's almost like the same reason why people will only vote Republican or Democrat. You know, because they speak out on it. Peyton Manning has just quietly been uh, donating millions of dollars to the same causes, yet he doesn't feel the need to uh, uh, promote a uh, religious ideal. 
And then same with a lot of players. Yeah. And and so Tebow's really not any different than a lot of players. It's just that he is very outspoken about it. Yeah, he and, wants that to be his you know, his legacy. He wants to be more than just a football player. He wants, you know, that's what he's always wanted. And I've always kind of thought, or I've kind of thought recently that that could hinder what he can do on the football field by doing so many extracurricular things. Maybe he's not focusing as much on actual playing. That's always been my biggest concern, whether that's true or not. I don't know, but that's always been my biggest concern is, you know, when he's in an award show, Peyton Manning's watching tape. When he's out playing golf with... Granted, uh, Peyton Manning's something. never been invited to an award show. Who knows, man? Maybe. <laughs> Have you ever seen his commercials? Cut that meat. All that great stuff, seen man. Him. Yeah, that is funny. His Saturday Night Live appearance. I mean, this guy's great. Has Tim Tebow hosted Saturday Night Live? No. <laughs> he was asked, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I think he might have turned, he turned it down. turned it down, yeah. right? But, I mean, it, that's the whole thing. Is It's just the casual Tebow fans, people that really, I think, know about the Broncos and are knowledgeable about football, know that this was the right move and the only move, really, if it was available to make. And once Tebow, once his fate is decided, if he does get traded, then, you know, it'll be some whispers at the moment and then it'll fade away and we'll get back to actually talking about the Broncos and football. And that is the other thing. And that's what's been pretty, I mean, as soon as I realized that it was a realistic possibility that Peyton Manning would come to the Broncos I absolutely was on board and and it's not because I don't like Tebow anymore and I still do like Tebow he's a cool guy I like him he's uh whatever I, I think I said that last week he's a cool guy but uh, yeah I mean whatever he's a hard like to get a glass of milk with. <laughs> yeah, he's an energetic guy but to even suggest that it was not a best, best possible move for the Broncos is ridiculous. But there was another thing that people were saying. One of the things that people say about Tebow is that he doesn't have the skills right now as a 23 or however old he is, 24, I don't know how old he is, but he doesn't have the skills, the drop back ability, the four-step drop back. He doesn't have the throwing motion. And they say it's very uh, – it's unprecedented that someone could be could learn how to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what people say is a negative. And then on the other hand, people say that Peyton Manning is a quarterback who uh, is, is arguably past his prime. And also no quarterback has ever gone on to win a second Super Bowl with the team that they had previously won a Super Bowl with. And it's like, that's why I feel like these these two arguments are totally unimportant. And that's why I think that Peyton Manning and the Broncos will win a Super Bowl. But I also think that Tim Tebow truly does have the opportunity to be a great Super Bowl-winning quarterback in this league. I really do think that. I just don't want to be around for that. I think it's a greater risk. I don't want to be around for that heartbreak when it doesn't happen, and there's a good chance it doesn't. But why like, Why do people have this uh, hatred or, or support for Tebow and hatred for Manning or support for him using basically the same type of arguments that are uh, equally asinine? Um, I think people just like to have stuff to talk about, right? Not me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, with, with those comparisons, with those two things, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess with Tebow, it's kind of a waiting game. I'm, I'm on that same board where I'm like, how can you teach somebody to throw? You either know how to throw or you don't. You know, I don't know how much you can learn at the NFL level to change. I mean, once you are in the NFL, it's almost like you are who you are. 
you don't really get that much better after a bunch of games. I don't know. You don't you don't see it that much. I always root for it in basketball. I'm always like, man, I hope this guy is going to turn into a star next year. I guess in football too. I hope this guy is going to get so much better, and then you never see it. And five years down the road, you're going, man, maybe next year, maybe next year, and then you go. Well, crap. Well, I mean, maybe next year Nene will be that guy. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Nene, guys like J.R. Smith, and you go, they never reach their potential. And with Tim Tebow, I, I, can you say he's never going to reach his potential? I mean, I don't, I've never seen him potentially have an incredible throwing game. I've seen a couple throws here and there that he's made that have been, you know, nice, but is that just, you know, the sun shines on a dog's ass once a day or whatever type of once deal. Once in a while, yeah. And you know what? To be honest, I think that is it. Yeah. I think it does happen. Uh, um, I'll root for him to succeed. I like him. I like what he does, and I, I hope that he can learn to be better. But I just – I don't – if you have a chance to – you know, if you see a, a penny on the ground and you want to go pick it up and throw it in a slot machine and have a chance to win, that's kind of your Tim Tebow. Or if you see a $100 bill on the ground, you can pick it up and go spend it right away. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I do, and I understand that a lot of people are going to miss Tebow. I certainly had a fun time watching him play, and by all accounts, he's a hard worker and a great guy, but so is Peyton Manning. I had a question. You watched the press conference, correct? I listened. Listened to the press conference. So did you hear the part where it seemed like the media was really trying to get Peyton to say that he was going to have a hand in making personnel decisions. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like they were kind of trying to hammer that home. Like, what did these guys promise you? Because that's the new thing now, right? Like, let your sign your star player and let him run your team because nobody knows how to build a team better than the guy that's currently playing. Right. right. Yeah. So I, I thought Peyton did a great job of you know saying ah, I don't make any of those kind of decisions and you know I don't even though it might be a front, I'm sure he's telling the Broncos I who he'd like them to throw here to. to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. But that I mean, was, by the way, the worst Peyton Manning impression ever. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Even for my normal bad. Oh, let me try that. I don't know. I didn't come here to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> that was also bad. Uh, that was better, I think. <laughs> that was almost passable. But I they, just want to. I want to play football. Be a good teammate. <laughs> <laughs> but they asked him specifically about Demarius Thomas and about Eric Decker, and. Well, he did say good things about them, how they are young and talented, and Demarius is probably the biggest receiver he's ever had. Uh, He did somewhat sound skeptical about them and probably left the window open for talks that the Broncos might throw a first-round pick Pittsburgh's way for Mike Wallace. What did he say that made you think that? Because I did not get that at all. No, he just wasn't like – I mean – I guess he doesn't know them, so what kind of praise is he going to have? But He did say that he met with Eric Decker. Yeah, I met with Eric, and you know they're good guys, and they like to play football. But it's like I think he wants – he's obviously going to want a receiver in here, doesn't he? He's not going to just let them trot out Eric Decker and, and the oft-injured Demarius Thomas. You know what? And this is a funny thing, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about because Peyton Manning seems so sincere. And genuine. <laughs> yeah. And my question, and this is something I wanted to ask you, and this kind of, you know, in lines, lines perfectly with that. Do you believe it when he says things like that? Do you believe that he is what he says he is and how it's he so, says it? It's such and, a, go ahead. Well, I just want to know because during that whole two weeks uh, when Peyton Manning, you heard obviously nothing from him publicly. 
I just kept thinking, and my mind started going off on tangents about this secret society or, or whatever, just like the conspiracy theories. The about Illuminati how, or yeah, something. Yeah, all of it, right? <laughs> All of it, I just was thinking, oh, man, like, you know what? This is like all bull crap. The Broncos are destined to not get this guy, and it's already been decided, and it's there's some powers that be up there. And then and then you see Peyton Manning today in, in the press conference, and he's like, oh, you know, I just I, I don't know, I just did it all on my own. I invited the guys over, and they came over, and I just threw for them, and I just told them what was up, and I asked them. Uh, you know, I threw 60 passes, and I just asked them, what do you think? You think I'm ready? You know what I mean? And <laughs> and and, uh, and then I hear a guy like John Elway say, we didn't give, even give him a hard sell. We were just, you know, we wanted to bring him here and show him a good place to be yeah. and uh, show him why he should. And, and I, I wonder, and it just seems so damn genuine to me. And I, I don't know if Peyton Manning is the type of guy that can – pull the wool over everybody's eyes and be that slick to lie in front of everybody. And I really got the sense that he was genuine. And I wanted to ask you that. And I'm like, do you believe that? Like, Well, that's the whole thing with America now, right, is you want to be able to, to tear down the Tiger Woods, to tear down the Michael Vicks, you know, all these guys and think that, yeah, maybe maybe Peyton Manning, maybe he's not watching film every Sunday. Maybe he's at the strip club throwing, <laughs> he's throwing stripper not. darts at all the strippers, you know, like maybe he's – out drinking and you know drinking and driving and paying off police like maybe that's who this guy really is you know maybe he's leading the seedy underbelly of a life but you know probably not probably pro- what you see is what you get with him maybe I, I have no idea I, I mean you hear so many stories about athletes and this and that from you know well my cousin Jim had a friend that was at a restaurant and this guy ordered a steak he didn't like how it was cooked so he threw him on the ground and kicked him in the teeth and it's like <laughs> did that really happen yeah they didn't leave a tip burn the place down when he left and you're like what yeah that is true and that's the way a lot of it goes is there is this uh, attraction to that drama and for some reason i just don't get it I, I don't i don't feel it coming from these guys and again i'm a homer but uh, and there's a lot of been a lot of people saying uh tebow has some sort of secret um well they even they even said with yeah, well they even said with Peyton. Um, I think he said, you know, well when they when they asked him something about Tebow and he was like, you know, I just wanted to come in and pick the Broncos and whatever role they wanted me to play, that's what I would have done. So it's like, like, would you no, really have come in here as a backup no, no, quarterback? He, no, Peyton? no, Get I don't think he said that. I think he said something along the lines of, I wanted to come here, but whatever Tebow ends up happening. Whether he is uh, on the team, he said, I'll be the best teammate to him. And, and uh, if he goes well, somewhere that else, part, I'll wish him well. But I don't think – There's did, another part where he said – Did he ever said, say that I would play whatever role that yeah, I Yeah, there was some part where he said he he you know was not going to get in the way of stuff and was just coming in here to you know play whatever role the Broncos saw fit of him or something. It was something that sounded kind of quirky. That's why I <laughs> – I don't know. I just – I don't think – I don't think he's going to tell – He's he's never going to create any kind of like big controversy, right? He's never going to – but I, I do think he is going to tell them, you know, yeah, I like what we have here. I do think we have some good receivers. Might not hurt to bring in a third guy because obviously with Eddie Royal leaving and going to the Chargers, I believe now, we thought he was going to the Redskins and now he signed with San Diego instead. Oh, God. What an Eddie, idiot. Eddie right? Royal, whatever. <laughs> Eddie but they, Royal, do, they do need a third guy. Who cares about Eddie Royal? Nobody. And no. no, he wasn't even that good. What was that? What was the deal with people loving Eddie Royal, by the way? So they, they made do a couple need, good pat catches. Yeah, he had some talent, got injured all the time. Yeah, he's, he's a little charger guy. now. Come on. He's now garbage in San Diego. Have fun with Philip Rivers. He was garbage last you. season, by the way. Yeah, he did. I said that. I also said that about Eric Decker. 
Yeah, but, and I thought Decker but, got worse as Tebow came in, but, I mean, you got to give him a, a second chance. I mean, everybody else thinks that they see Pro Bowl talent out of him, so – but I don't think I don't think Peyton's gonna you know not say to the Broncos you know I love this young talent we definitely need a third guy you know we need to bring somebody in you guys are looking to bring somebody in well I I kind of like this guy you know so I you, definitely think he'll so you think that whatever he said about not being the offensive coordinator not being a personnel guy which he said that you think that uh, and when he also said I'm just here to be a teammate I'm interested in hearing meeting my guys and getting to know my teammates, you think that that was somehow disingenuous, that, you, that in truth you think that he is pulling strings? I don't think he's pulling strings, but I think he's definitely going to offer his opinion, whether he... If I he's asked, or do you think he'll interject it? I can see him interjecting a little bit. Really? It's Peyton Manning. I mean, I would expect John Elway to do the same thing. When he was playing, I'm sure, I hope John Elway was saying, hey, I need some more help in here. I need this or that. I mean, if he, whether the general manager or the owner want to listen to him is another thing. But, I mean, I think any player earns the right after a certain amount of time to be able to, to give his take without being asked. I, and I think Peyton Manning's definitely a guy. I, I don't think right now you hear Carmelo Anthony complaining in New York about what his team needs. I don't think he's a guy that has earned that right to say what his team needs or who they should bring in. A guy like Peyton Manning, completely different story. Yeah, so. I hear you. Okay, I, I mean, I, I can kind of agree with that. I, I don't I, think he's going to raise a stink, and if the you know they don't sign the guy he wants, he's not going to. I don't think complain about it or say that's why he couldn't get it done. I mean, I think he'll go to war and do whatever he can with whatever he has, and you know he'll be happy about it and happy about what he does and happy with his teammates' performance. But I definitely think that he should and could and will offer some opinion. Yeah, and 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 I kind of actually agree with that. I mean. I don't know if I would expect him to interject or if things are going poorly to go in and try and influence the decisions that guy like John Elway or whoever, Brian Zanders, these guys make. I think in the off seasons, he but, might say something. But I do believe that there, there were conversations over the weekend about what type of guys they're going to go after, uh, especially last weekend. The day that, that those two days when Peyton Manning was in town, I think there were conversations around that, and that was part of the pitch. And when John Elway comes out there and says, We didn't even have to sell him that hard, we didn't even try and sell him that hard, I think he did. I think he sold him pretty hard. I just think he's a good enough salesman to make Peyton Manning feel like he didn't get sold that hard. And can't you do a, a, a not selling hard, but it comes across as a, you know, or you can do it so slick that it doesn't look like you're even trying, but that was your whole effort. It was the puppy dog sale. Yeah. You know what that is? No, but you're going to explain it to me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've been in sales for at least five to ten years. Puppy dog sale. Give him the puppy dog. And you say, you know what? You want to buy this puppy dog? Just try this puppy dog out. And they just pet the puppy dog for a little bit. And they're like, you know, this puppy dog costs a couple million dollars. And the people like the puppy dog. And and then you're just like, all right, well, give me the puppy dog back. And then they're like, well, I don't want to give it back. <laughs> and they're like, well, just sign here and you keep the puppy dog. And that's what Denver was. And that's what this team was about. And this team is absolutely underrated, probably overlooked because of Tebow being on it. But this team, let's not forget, uh, as soon as they got rid of Orton, became uh, an 8-8 eight eight team, won the division, won the first round of the playoffs, beat Pittsburgh, and then lost to the eventual AFC championships, AFC champions. So 
I think absolutely the Broncos on the right track. Yes. Now, the question is, what about Tebow? What do we do with Tim Tebow? Should we come back for our top five list? Let's come on back. All right. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do our top five list. Guys, this is uh, Matt from the Springs. First time, long time. I just wanted to say you guys are doing a great job with the podcast, so keep up the good work. And uh, also had a quick question about Tebow and what we do now that Manning's in town. Um, I'm assuming I have to trade him. And I've heard, you know, I've heard names like Mallet or Gabbard, and then I've also heard as low as a sixth or seventh round draft pick in terms of what we can expect to to pick up trading Tebow to get him out of town, and I just wanted to get your guys' take on what you realistically think we can expect uh, to get in a deal for Tebow. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Bye. Matt in the Springs leaving a voicemail question for us about one Timothy Tebow. Leading right into our top five list of top five things to now do with Tim Tebow. We can answer that question a little bit. You want to do that just a touch? To touch on it just a second. Touch on what? Well, he said that he'd uh, heard maybe Ryan Mallett was a possibility, a backup quarterback for the New England Patriots, who is, a, uh, I believe, a first or second round draft pick. I have never heard that name before in my life. He played at Michigan, transferred to Arkansas because Rich Rodriguez came in, wanted to install a running system. He's a six foot, six inch, 238 pound quarterback. Uh, pretty much Peyton Manning type size, big giant arm. Played very well at Arkansas. A laser rocket arm. Laser rocket arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, complains about idiot kickers that like to get all liquored up every once in a while. Uh, Ryan Mallett, pretty decent prospect. If the Denver could swap Tebow for him, that would probably be a decent uh, option for Denver to have a quarterback of the future. And Mr. Mallett could learn a lot of things from Peyton Manning. He also mentioned uh, Blaine Gabbert, who was the current starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars last season, rookie out of Missouri. Uh, very up-and-down season from him. Didn't really look that good. I'd definitely rather have Mallet than, uh, than Gabbert. As far as a sixth or seventh-round pick, barf. Tim Tebow was a first-round <laughs> pick. So if you're trading, a, if you're trading a first-round pick for a sixth or seventh, you've obviously lost your, uh, your butt off in that trade. So I heard something today about the Broncos wanting to maybe hold out for a fourth-round pick, and you know even a fourth-round pick is pretty dicey. So I don't know about that. I think Denver could do a lot better than a sixth or seventh for sure. Again, I've never heard of these guys, uh, so but no comment. I we, mean, I we don't can know. we can get into our our Ryan reasons. Mallert, Ryan and, Mallett, and what's the other guy? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. I, ah, suck it, do you guys. I don't know who you are. Yeah. So too bad for them, I guess. I'd rather see out of, the, of those three options, I'd say uh, Ryan Mallett, but uh, you'd be giving Tebow back to Josh McDaniels in New England so he could figure out uh, some more things to do with him up there. You know what's so funny is I was thinking about how Elway went about getting Peyton Manning, and I think about how ineffective Josh McDaniels was at even getting a guy like Matt Castle. <laughs> you know, I, I just wonder about trying that process. To, trying to trade Jay Cutler, you know, he probably Facebooked 
you know, Belichick or something. Just was like, he poked him or whatever. He's like, hey, uh, want to do a trade? And they're like, no, get out of here. And then it all blew up. <laughs> and it's so funny to think about how unprofessional a guy like McDaniels is well, compared even, to a guy like L.A. who's the man. And even the, the rumors that uh, Bill Belichick had Josh McDaniels convinced that uh, the Patriots were going to draft Tim Tebow, which caused the Broncos to then panic and trade up into the first round to trade into the first round for an additional pick and draft Tebow in the first place. Right. So I don't know. It just shows you, yeah, how incompetent Josh McDaniels was as a first-time GM slash coach and how, you know, shrewd Elway has been. And also, what kind of a brain fart Pat Bowen had. God. Thinking about that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if Pat Bowen's just kind of a figurehead at this point. I, I did see him at the press conference, and he was a little wishy-washy. He's an older guy. He's cool. You know, he's saying, okay, now I'm going to bring up uh, Peyton Manning. And he goes, ah, hang on there, Mr. B. I'm going to oh, talk. That's and true. And then we're going to bring Peyton up. That did okay, happen. So. And then as uh, Pat Bowen walked away, and Elway helped him to his chair, he's like, you stole <laughs> but there has been talk about Bolin uh, slipping a little bit mentally, so I'm not quite sure what to make of all that. I don't know if it's uh, more serious than people think, but still one heck of an owner. Brought us two championships, and now he is faced with our top five question of the night. What's he going to do with Tim Tebow? These are our top five things to now do with Tim Tebow now that we know Peyton Manning is in the fold. Yes. Number five, Ross, you want to kick it off? Sure, absolutely. Let's I do mean, it. Uh, I've said this many, many times that uh, I rooted for – I always root for my Broncos. Sure. And when Orton was really sucking at the beginning of the 2011 season, I was a proponent of bringing in Tebow. I don't – I still would be a proponent of bringing in Tebow. And I think that it proved me right that we should have brought in Tebow. And I love the guy. And – I don't know what's going to happen for him in the future, whether or not he ends up on the Jaguars or maybe even stays with the Broncos. But I do know that there is always a place for Tim Tebow. And this is something that we all could agree on. So my number five reason or my number five thing that we could do with Tim Tebow is have him date our sister. <laughs> Nobody nobody is going to ever complain about <laughs> Your sister bringing home Tim Tebow. And granted, my sister is married and has two kids. And so I don't necessarily, <laughs> be an odd I don't necessarily want her and to, her, him to date her. But, you know, if I was uh, somebody who had a single sister or even a single mother or single aunt or whatever, I would be very, very pleased if uh, she brought home old Tim Tebow. I do have a single sister, so we'll hook that up. There you go. I've so. heard, he's a, heard he's a looker. I've heard girls talk about oh, his, uh, his abs. He's a good-looking dude for sure. Yeah. For sure. His nice um, style in some of his press conferences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I mean, he chooses to wear things that are a little too tight, I feel like, you know. He he almost leaps off the pages of an Abercrombie catalog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like All that. the reasons why I would allow him to date my sister, mother, uh, grandmother, aunt, female cousin. Oh, you know what? Whatever. He's going to drive her home safe after a date, <laughs> after a cool glass of milk on the night on the town. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So that's my number five. He could date my sister. I love it. Yeah. All right. My number five. He could be Peyton Manning's masseuse. <laughs> 
I, I may have stolen this off of somebody from Twitter. But, oh, come on. But I don't care. <laughs> uh, they, they had mentioned that, uh, you know, Peyton Manning should, or that Tim Tebow, before he leaves town, should give uh, Peyton Manning's neck a rub because his magical hands could definitely probably heal him. He has mystical powers, perhaps. He could keep Manning healthy. And, you know, Tim needs to work fast because he could get traded soon. So the sooner his delicate hands, his magical, mystical hands can get on Manning's neck and rub some some good vibes into him, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. But if he does stay, Peyton Manning's got uh, a masseuse full-time in Tim Tebow. Oh, Tim Tebow. He's got strong, powerful hands. <laughs> We're doing our, our top five things to now do with Tim Tebow since Peyton Manning is in town. Moving on to number four. Ross Martin, what do you got? Number four. I mean, clearly there is a connection between Colorado and Tim Tebow. There is no mistaking the fact that people love him around here. Now, I don't know if people are that like him are fran- fans of the Broncos and then like him because he was the quarterback, which is how you would describe me, or if people moved here and then liked Tebow and then became a fan of the Broncos. Either way, there is a special place in Colorado for Tim Tebow, and there just so happens to be a Colorado institution that I believe that Tim Tebow could be the new head of. And, of course, I'm talking about the New Life Church in Colorado Springs, formerly <laughs> pastored by Ted Haggard. <laughs> so you're saying he should give up football. And I'm saying, you know what? Number four things we could do with him is is uh, he could be the new pastor of the New Life Church. <laughs> I think that would be – I think that would suit him very well. I think people, a lot of people would like that. I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just saying that's something we could do. Matt in the Springs would see him more often. Matt in the Springs. Thank you for that. You're probably a member, Matt. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you remember Ted Haggard? Yeah, I do. Everybody does. Yep. Um, you know, there's been kind of a vacancy there, uh, a power vacuum, if you will. And uh, so maybe Brady Boyd, I think, is the new pastor there, could be replaced by Tim Tebow. There you go. Got a job lined up for him. Just needs to send in his app and his yeah. resume, maybe. I think he just could walk in the door and automatically take it over. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, my number four wait, reason. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, you're number four. <laughs> I don't want to stay on religion too long. <laughs> I don't know what, what might happen to us. I come back over here next Tuesday, do the show. You're not here. <laughs> There's some sort of relic on the door. I don't know what it is. I'm like, should I go in there? Should I not? I don't know. I've got an LA jersey on the wall and a Mozgov <laughs> militia t-shirt on the wall. I'm fine. Okay. I'm protected. My number four thing to do with Tim Tebow now that Peyton Manning is in town. Trade him. Easy enough, right? Tebow has, uh, he certainly has value in the NFL. Uh, he could definitely bring back a key asset to help Manning in the Broncos. So if the Broncos can't figure out anything to do with him, they can always trade him. I don't know what teams would want him, but uh, certainly there's some value for him out there. As uh, Matt in the Springs pointed out, maybe a, a backup quarterback of some nature, perhaps a draft pick where the Broncos could use that to bring in a defender or an offensive asset. But certainly Tim Tebow still has value out there, so uh, trading him, always on the board. Yeah, absolutely. That must, that must have been a hard one to come up with. Oh, I, <laughs> I racked my brain for hours on that one. That well, was a tough one. Unlike you, I actually did some research. Oh. So my number three. Number three, top five things to now do with Tim Tebow. It just so, just so turns out that we have a pretty big presidential election coming up here. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Um, there's an incumbent Democrat. I think we've heard of him. His name's Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> we also have some uh, pretty religious and uh, right wing guys on the Republican side. It's Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum. Mitt Romney. Uh, what about my guy? <laughs> Ron Paul. Sorry, yeah, buddy. Ron Paul. <laughs> Sorry, not a chance. What? I'm just saying that. It's just, you know, I don't agree with it, but it's not a chance. Delivering babies left and my, right. <laughs> my number three is Tim Tebow would make the perfect vice presidential <laughs> candidate to either Mitt Romney or Rick Santorum. Yeah, that's yes. true. I, uh, so uh, we could do that with him. It's incredible to think that he he has to have a political career in his future at some point. Why not start now? Um, I, I don't know why you say in his future or at some point he already has had a pretty significant political career. Okay. It's just a sidebar to his football career. So you're saying instead of maybe you know starting out as a, a governor, a senator, a congressman, just make the leap to VP. He, uh, yeah, he would uh, certainly. I mean, you know, maybe he's not old enough. I know you might have to be 35 years old to be a VP. Do you have to be? Is that a rule? Well, you can't be president without being 35. What? So I would assume you can't be VP. What is this? I thought this was America. <laughs> yeah, what is this? <laughs> but I'm sure that uh, if uh, the Republicans were able to elect someone this go around. They'd probably have the power to make an exception for uh, the golden child, Tim Tebow. Yeah. Is Barack Obama 35? <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Are we sure? Have we checked his birth Actually, certificate you know, enough? What? We're not sure how old he is <laughs> or where he's from. Has anyone seen his birth certificate? <laughs> what is his DOB? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Tim Tebow. Yeah. VP running mate. Of, VP. Uh, yeah. Of the Ma- president of the United States. VP. You went a little uh, outside the box. I like it. I'm embarrassed. I, I'm not the rest sure of my that I went outside the box. To be honest, it's pretty lined up here. All right, man. My number three. You know, he, if he if he is here, he's obviously going to be the backup quarterback. You know, he's going to have a lot of time holding the clipboard, so he's going to need something else to do. They got to find something else for him to do. So why not put him to use? Get him on the phones. So he can be a ticket sales rep for the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, nobody sold tickets like Tim Tebow. So why not let him work the phones and do it for real? You know? I mean, what would be better than sitting around on a Saturday afternoon, you get done mowing the lawn, you come inside, your phone rings, you pick it up. Mr. Timmons, this is Tim Tebow calling from the Denver Broncos. I know that, you know, you're excited about seeing Peyton Manning go out there and work as hard as he can and try to bring this team a Super Bowl. And, you know, I'd like to thank God and I'd like to thank all my teammates and I'd I'd like to thank you for purchasing tickets after this phone call. Why not have his season ticket sales rep? No reason. They could fire every. I mean, owners love to save money. They as could fire as, everyone else in the office. As long as Tim Tebow didn't call, call me every other week trying to sell me the club level seats, then yes, I'd be on board with that. Do you ever, are you on the list for the season tickets? No. You got to get on there. By the way, you you won't get them for the next fifteen years. But they always call me every couple of weeks saying, "Guess what, Ross? We got some available tickets." Uh, they're on the club level. Good news. Good news. They're on the club level. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, they're available for you right now. And it's only about $48,000. And, uh, and, so, <laughs> and it's like ludicrous because they tell you that. But then they, what they don't tell you is that if you do buy the tickets, you get off the list for the real season tickets. Ugh. They take you out of the loop. So you have to go back. So you could spend the season spending $280 a ticket. 
And then when you realize what a colossal waste of money club level is. I thought maybe that was your puppy dog sale. They get you in the club level. <laughs> you see how it's like, and then they're like, do you really want to go back no, no, out no, no, there? No, 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 no. It's not. You it's can, worse. It's much worse. There's <laughs> carpeting and fireplaces and all that, but the beers are more expensive and they're smaller. The only thing they do is they sell beer all the way through the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, because so that's a benefit. club level, you guys can drink and drive Well, for of sure. course. Rich people can handle their booze better, and I agree with that for that sure. Sense. Poor people are bad at handling their booze, but anyway. I would like to get a call Tebow. though at around two fifty in the PM on a Sunday, and you know you're you're sitting there. Oh man, the Broncos just scored a touchdown. That was awesome. Oh, my phone's ringing. Who is this? Hello, Nate? Yeah, this is Tim Tebow. I know you just saw that Peyton Manning touchdown pass, right? Yeah, I did. Look at your TV right now, and he's just sitting there waving at you. Hey, you this is be Tim. Like, this is Tim Tebow. He'd probably be like, "Hey, Nate, Tim, Tim here with Denver Broncos." Hey, Tim. Tim? Yeah, I talked to you last week. Tebow, remember? <laughs> Do you still want to buy those season tickets? They're club level. Only $48,000. <laughs> so that's my number three. While he's the backup quarterback here, you may as well let him sell sell tickets, let him do something. He could bring in a crowd. We know that from him being on the field. Why not let him work the phones? <laughs> Top five things to now do with Tim Tebow. Getting into our number two, Ross Martin, what you got? All right, so Tim Tebow, he spent... A lot of time in his life giving. You know what I mean? He is just uh, constantly. He was. I think he was born in Africa, maybe. He's not allowed to run for VP then, right? No, no I mean as a citizen, as an American citizen. You know. Yeah. He he's born in American born citizen. on American soil. But I think he might have been born in Africa, or something. I haven't. I don't know. I don't get into that. I think he was born like a, <laughs> his parents were on a mission somewhere, delivering the word of. Something. Okay. No, nothing. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. At any rate. I haven't delved I into the like, Tim Tebow story like you like have. Tim Tebow has a lot of experience helping impoverished people. And I want to say, Tebow, that's all well and good, right? Good for you. Handing out sacks of rice and doing that and mosquito nets and bug spray and all that. That's great. But I want to see you do something really important. And I'm not talking about quarterbacking a team to a Super Bowl championship. I'm talking about you going out there as a secret agent. <laughs> I think what we could do with Tim Tebow is make him a spy. And we could send, that, send him after none other than Joseph Coney. Coney Who is? 2012. Who's Joseph Coney? You are the only person in the world, apparently, <laughs> who does not know who Joseph Cody is. Never heard of his name. Oh <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I get all my news off of Twitter and ESPN and sports blogs. <laughs> I refuse to watch news. I am completely uninformed, and I'm loving it. My life has never been more positive. Everything is great. I don't hear about car crashes. People getting killed, Joseph Coney is the head of the Lord's Resistance Army, a Ugandan guerrilla group. While initially enjoying strong public support, the LRA turned on its own supporters, supposedly to purify the Akali people and turn Uganda into a theocracy. Cody proclaims himself the spokesperson of God and a spirit medium, primarily the Holy Spirit, which the group believes can represent itself in many manifestations. Ideologically, the group is a syncretic and mysticism. And okay, so he's a bad religion. guy in Africa. And he also has uh, – listen, bro. Just go look up Coney. So I should just... Coney 20 – whatever. Yeah. Tebow's going to kill him. Okay. If, if my second – my number two reason or number two thing to do with him, Joseph Coney. 
I'm telling you, man, live the Timmons life. Swear off news for like two years and see how much better things go for you. Everything's I, positive. I haven't had there's sunshine, a TV ice creams, or cable puppies, or satellite for over a year. Obviously, you're getting your news from somewhere. Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? News is depressing. Live a completely ignorant life like myself. <laughs> I'm a history major too. That's sad, right? Not major, minor. My, minor, yeah. Love history. Love uh, old stuff in the world. I'll, I'll look up who he is after he dies. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go for the past, not the yeah. present. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, that's my number two. Number two, secret agent Tim Tebow. Love it. He can maybe have a cartoon named like Tebow after him that appears on FX, has a lot of lewd things in it from time to time. You ever watch Archer? I never said that. Okay. You're never putting words that. in my mouth. Well, I'm just thinking. I'm I just... want him to kill Coney, Joseph Coney, and he can do it. Yeah, and then I'll make a cartoon about it and make billions of dollars. After I figure out who this Coney character is, sounds like he invented ice cream cones. I feel like you're kind of minimizing the Coney issue, but whatever. <laughs> All right, my number two. <laughs> You're still on number two? God, I thought yeah. you were at number one. This is an easy one. Uh, how about a, uh, you know, not as creative as Ross's, but how about just a position change, you know? I mean, obviously, Tebow, you can play H-back, fullback, tight end, something. You may as well do something like that. You know, kiss quarterback goodbye and become the ultimate team player here in Denver and do whatever the team asks you to do. That's what I say. Position change coming for Tim Tebow if he stays here. And what, what position was that again? I don't know. H-back, tight end. Fullback, running back, linebacker, defensive back, safety. Perfect segue into my number one. All right. Number one. Number one thing we can do with Tim Tebow. Keep him. Ah, me too, man. Really? Keep him. Shipped him from starting quarterback to backup quarterback. I know that seems crazy and people don't understand how that could be possible. But let me tell you, there's not a big market for Tim Tebow. Anywhere he goes, uh, he's going to uh, be another circus somewhere. Uh, I don't know who's leading this charge. Broncos aren't going to get Broncos value for him. Broncos could keep him. And it seems to me that if Tebow is the man who I kind of think he is, and this is in all truthfulness, and some of my previous comments here were just fun and games, but if he is truly as, as strong a competitor and as strong-willed as I think he is, and if Peyton Manning is the type of guy he is and if Elway is, then they could all coexist. And Tebow could sit there with a clipboard and a headset and spend a year under the tutelage of Peyton Manning going into the prime of his career. People say he's beyond his prime. I don't believe that. Was Elway beyond his prime when he won his two Super Bowls? Maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you what, championships mean a lot. Were things over when the Nazis bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, yes, so that's what I'm saying. Keep him. Why not? I mean, I know it's crazy, and I know it's a long shot, and, and I, I don't I, – I It's just... not crazy. It's not a long shot. It's the most logical thing to do. My other four reasons, garbage, stupid. Keep him. You can't trade him for the kind of value that you'd want to get back. Answer me this question, Ross. It's third and one. You're on the one-yard line. You're going to probably need to sneak the ball. Who do you want to have the ball? Willis McGahee, Peyton Manning. Or Tim Tebow, quarterback sneak. Okay, first of all, uh, I would always want Peyton Manning to sneak the ball. I, okay, you're just saying that I'm saying you you're going to sneak, sneak it. it. All right, so like you're third saying, one. so you you're saying you're going to put ball. Tebow out there, and they everybody knows you're going to. No, I would always. Everybody at this point, can know it's always, Tim Tebow. He's still going to do it. I would always want Peyton Manning under center as a quarterback, no matter what. 
The thing is, it is doesn't that matter if you put all eleven one, guys there. Tim Tebow's going through them. The point is this: is that our Bronco team is not going to need to sneak the ball on third and one when Peyton Manning is there. And I'm not suggesting that we keep Tebow because he can come in and short down situations, or uh, there can be some sort of weird hybrid two quarterback system. Absolutely not. I do not believe that. I believe that Peyton Manning, if he's healthy and he's good should be under center and be the quarterback on any play. But having Tebow's presence there just as a, if he's smart as I think he is and learning the game. And I do think he can learn how to be a good quarterback and a, and a more of a traditional quarterback. I do think that, but I also think that if Peyton Manning does suffer some sort of game ending injury, not career ending, but game ending, the Tebow can fire up enough people to go out there and finish off a game. I do believe that. We've already seen that. We already know that the Broncos don't have to change their game plan up that much to accommodate Tebow. All they do have to do at this point is just not pass. And so you, when you get all those guy, pe- teams in there preparing for Peyton Manning's offense, and just in case Peyton Manning can't finish a game, you put Tebow in there, that still gives us a chance to win. I really believe that. And uh, so, no, I don't believe that you put in Tebow on fourth and one or third and one or any situation. Oh, I love it. Go. I don't. I lo- anytime you have an asset fools, on your team. What does Irvin Joe say? Or one of, fool's gold. And no, that's. Anytime you have an asset. Thing. I mean, the worst thing that we saw when Kyle Orton was here was he couldn't get it done inside the goal line. And I understand that Peyton Manning is a completely different beast. It's yeah, a completely or, or different could get situation. It done situation but go ahead. Yeah. But I just think anytime that you have an asset like Tebow, and if you do keep him, if you do see value in keeping him and letting him learn from Peyton, there's no harm in creating a couple packages surrounding him to let him continue to play and throw the defense as a loop a little bit from time to time. I know you don't need those gimmicks, and I hated watching CU and they had Who's that idiot coach that was just up there that got canned from Idaho? Dan Hawkins. Hawkins. He ran those <laughs> stupid trick plays at the worst times, the dumbest situations. It always seemed about? to You've blow games You never watched a Buffs game in your life. I did because it was fun to watch him lose. It was <laughs> awesome. But he, you know, gimmicks are, are are pretty much horrible. But I do think in situations you can bring Tebow in, and you can even throw the ball with him. He proved that he can make some passes. So. If you do keep him around, why, there's no point to not use him from time to time. It's the, crazy not to. The only reason why you keep Tebow around is because, one— uh, Without question, you let him learn from Peyton, too. Absolutely. That's, that's the number one reason. And I don't even know if he, he should be the second-string quarterback if they, you know, if they bring in another quarterback. But the intangibles that Tebow has are—nobody can argue with this—are unparalleled. This guy's will and fortitude is something that you cannot compare. But I would never, ever suggest that if Peyton Manning is healthy and it's a close game, that you would bring in Tebow on a third and short or fourth and short. Oh, never. I love it. And love by the way, it. keep in mind this. The only reason why we saw so many spectacular late game heroics or third down and long heroics from Tebow is because the Broncos were in that situation to begin with. When you got a guy like Peyton Manning who is running our offense the way I think he will, there's not there's never gonna be those situations. <laughs> I mean rarely. I mean True. I mean it'll happen, but I'm just saying is that it won't happen as consistently as it did with Tebow. We won't be forced to make those. And so so yeah, I, yeah. I mean I think we should keep him and that would be great if it could happen. It's a wishful thinking 
uh, fantasy world. But yeah, I think the number one thing to do keep them. And you agree, I guess. But you I definitely agree. agree. I, I you know even if they don't if they don't use you know if they don't use them it it's still it's probably the smart play. Like we talked about earlier in the show, there is a little injury risk with Peyton, so why not keep a good backup around? It seems like in the NFL today that you definitely need a backup, especially with a 36-year-old quarterback. Who knows what could happen? Peyton, you know, Peyton could play the next five years, and maybe you trade Tebow a year or two from now. When you know, I don't know if this is his maximum highest selling point right now. It looks probably like most teams think that the Broncos have lost leverage in a trade because they're desperate to get rid of him rid of him desperate to move him so why move him now when his trade value is low let him learn under Peyton you keep a good asset here in case something happens in case Peyton wins a two Super Bowls and then retires you know then year three in you go back to Tebow win in case or win whatever Peyton Manning's here I don't three, care four five Super Bowls three four five I think I think Peyton did say something like that today right something about uh you know I don't I don't, don't want to just win one more why, what about two three four absolutely so, man, that's awesome. Peyton Manning, Denver Bronco. We knew it was going to happen last week. I knew it was going to happen two weeks ago. Nobody wanted to talk about it in this room, though. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I don't know if that you said that when we were recording this. I'm not going to argue with you that maybe you thought that. I thought it was just bullcrap talk. But I stand corrected. My next. That being uh, said, I, I uh, was pretty adamant. I, I guaranteed many, many times last week. Guaranteed. One, I was wrong when I said it would happen before the end of last week. Nah. That was wrong. But it happened for the first thing Monday morning. Yeah. He knew it was my birthday. He wanted to wait. <laughs> Next big personnel move I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on, NBA-related, Darren Williams, Denver Nuggets, might make a run at him in the offseason. Oh. You're already looking forward to the offseason, huh? Yeah. I've been uh, just looking at some things. Looks like Darren Williams is going to be a target of the Nuggets. But uh, target of the Broncos already acquired Peyton Manning here. We're going to be talking about him probably a lot. we got uh, NBA playoffs coming up in a few weeks as well. Broncos are going to be making big moves. But for now, let's just bask in the glory of the next five seasons being about Peyton Manning in Denver. Absolutely. So let's uh, go ahead and uh, – oh, by the way, Tebow was born in the Philippines, not Africa. My oh, bad. the Philippines. Yes, that sounds familiar. Um, but uh, So who are we going to dedicate this to? Uh, Frank Chapuca, Peyton Manning, whichever. I like Frank Chapuca. John Elway, Chapuca? Yeah, how about Chapuca making a classy move of saying, you know, Peyton saying basically, you know, I don't want to wear your number. I'm a football historian. And Chapuca convincing like him. This. It was like the phone rang. Frank Chapuca was like, hello. And Peyton was like, hey, uh, Mr. Chapuca. It's Peyton. He's like, who? Who? <laughs> yeah, I want to wear your number. Okay. <laughs> could have gone something like that or it could have been like uh phone rings hello yeah mr pugo this is peyton man <laughs> what who like to offer you 14 million dollars we're number 18 Denver. okay yeah there you go <laughs> one or the other one or the other but it doesn't matter because he's here who cares what number he would have wore peyton manning is a denver bronco all right, buddy. Let's get out of here. This one's dedicated to the number, the original number eighteen, the first quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Frank Chapuca. Thank you so much uh, for doing what you're doing here and letting uh, Peyton Manning steal your number and your glory. Sounds good, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> oh God, do that again. We'll see you guys next week. How about that, Ross? Is that good? <laughs> That's better. <laughs>